It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Yeah. I want up all I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she wants shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she wants shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. We were, I mean, we were disappointed. We were. I mean, there's no way around it. It was uh, it was a bad night on both both ends of the floor, and and I got we got a, we have a group of guys that care, and you know some nights when you have things go wrong, it's not because they don't care. It just it just I don't know what happened. It wasn't we haven't played that way uh, all year in preseason and in four or five games. But one thing I love about it, we came back, we we took it on the chin, we watched film and. It was very, you know, positive instruction or um, positive criticism or instruction, and we needed them. We needed them to get better from it. You know, sometimes when you have a, a team that doesn't have a lot of experience, a loss is, is a loss if you don't learn anything from it. And when we have some losses, and you know, you gotta learn. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host Troy Halliburton. And today I am going to do a post-game review of the Wizards' first home victory of the year, uh, a 115-99 to win over the Detroit Pistons. Um, the, the, the Wizards, they're, they're coming off of a, a, a 20-plus point loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I think that one thing that we have to look at is that that game might have been an aberration for uh, what we have come to see over a, a six-game span with this Wizards team. Um, that, that game against the Timberwolves wasn't who the Wizards have proven to be, and, and that's a team that plays 
extremely hard. This team has not lacked for effort uh, sans that Timberwolves game. And I think that they they, they kind of got caught uh, schedule watching when they were looking at the fact that Carl uh, Anthony Towns wasn't going to be playing in that game. And, and they, they probably got ahead of themselves and, and didn't realize that, you know, that these are NBA players that they're playing against and that the Timberwolves game was no guaranteed victory. What the Wizards did do was bounce back from that and come out and have a very good showing against a, a Detroit Pistons team who was also shorthanded. Uh, Derrick Rose uh, missed the game because of a hamstring injury. And and Reggie Jackson, uh, in classic Reggie Jackson form early in the season, was hurt and missed the game. So the, the Wizards got a lot of Luke Kennard uh, in, 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 in their matchup against the Pistons. And, you know, I've always liked Luke Kennard, uh, the, the dangerous lefty uh, guard out of Duke. And he led the Pistons in scoring with 24 points. And it looked like in the first half that he was prepared to keep the Pistons in the game. But um, I, I would say that it was a great job from uh, Troy Brown Jr., who came off the bench and and seemed to really get into Luke Kennard's airspace and kind of limit him offensively in the second half. And, and this is also where I'll have to give a little bit of credit to uh, Wizards head coach, Scott Brooks, who stuck with his bench unit because, you know, quite frankly, they outplayed the starters tonight. And I think that the, we, we got a chance to see what the Wizards look like at full strength with, you know, their full work, not even their full rotation because Jordan McRae is still out, but CJ Miles and Troy Brown Jr. being inserted into this uh, Wizards lineup has been a breath of fresh air because, I mean, honestly, they're two very competent NBA wing players. And, you know, while I think Admiral Schofield is a very nice prospect, he was clearly uh, in above his head by having to play early in the season because of all of the injuries that the Wizards had at the small forward position. And so, you know, Troy Brown and uh, CJ Miles both missed uh, all of uh, training camp. And so we really didn't get a chance to see the Wizards with their, you know, full uh, breadth of wing players until tonight. C.J. Mouse came in and, you know, uh, he's normally uh, known as a Wizards killer. But tonight he just he was just a, a killer wizard off of the bench. Uh, C.J. Mouse finished with 12 points on three of eight shooting. He only hit one of his five three-point attempts. But, I mean, he hit five of his free throws. And, and, and really... CJ Miles, he just brought that 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 veteran leadership and that veteran steadiness to a Wizards lineup that really just needed competent wing minutes. And so you also have to look at Troy Brown Jr., who played excellent at the small forward position. Really, he played a lot of minutes at the small forward, but he was also uh, Bradley Bill's primary backup at the shooting guard position. So there were a lot of lineups where you know the the Wizards were kind of going big, where they would have Ish and and Troy Brown Jr and C.J. Mouse and Davis Bertans, along with uh, Mo Wagner, that, that makes for a very formidable second unit. And so I, I kind of tweeted about this earlier, the fact that, you know, the Wizards, when you look at it now, like now, now we see their 10-man rotation, you know, this definitely is not a bad roster. I mean, they're, they're going to be able to compete uh, with a lot of teams if they bring the uh, concerted effort every night. Another player who always brings the effort is uh, Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant finished with 14 points 
and seven rebounds. But more importantly, Thomas Bryant was tasked with the with the with with the great ordeal of having to keep Andre Drummond off of the boards. And and while they weren't not, I wouldn't say unsuccessful. And while they were uh, able to limit uh, Andre Drummond when it comes to his scoring output, they allowed, he did get 24 rebounds. But he came into tonight on three straight 2020 uh, games, which is absolutely phenomenal. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about is the fact that Thomas Bryant, who was not known as a post defender, was able to uh, limit it also with Mo Wagner. But the two of them were able to limit Andre Drummond to 6 of 20 shooting from the field, and he only had 15 points. And so when, when you talk about uh, facing a Pistons team who, you know, didn't have – doesn't have Blake Griffin. He hasn't played yet this year. They, they didn't have Derrick Rose who, you know, has shown some flashes and some sparks of the uh, D. Rose of old, and they didn't have Reggie Jackson. I mean, the, the focal point for the Pistons offense has to be Andre Drummond. And what the Wizards did tonight, they didn't allow Drummond to beat them. So that that alone, with the effort that they uh, had and with the superb bench play, they were able to, you know, compete in this game. And I, I, the biggest thing that I was impressed by was the fact that, you know, they only allowed the Pistons to score 99 points. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that gave up 158 to uh, – well, or actually 159 to Houston in a loss – and, and gave up 130 plus points to to uh, Minnesota. So I mean, they, I mean, the Wizards they they've been giving up points like I mean nobody has ever seen before. I mean, they were on a historic rate to to give up points. But I, I don't think that anybody uh, thinks that this team is a defensive stalwart. But I mean, they they, they do have to come out here and, and get some uh, requisite stops if they want to win some ball games. And so the Wizards, they, they they did exactly that. They came out, they got some stops against uh, Detroit, and they went on a nice uh, second-half run. It actually all started in the third quarter where the Wizards outscored the Pistons 30-17. to 17. I think that that was really the quarter where uh, Bradley Bill kind of took over as the uh, requisite all-star of the team. And, you know, of course, he finished with the team-high 22 points for the Wizards. Uh, he, he shot 8 of 17 from the field and only hit 1 of 4 of his threes. But I think what the, the biggest thing that Bill did was he scored buckets when they needed buckets. So when the bench mob came in and did what they were supposed to do and actually uh, increased the lead, you know, Bradley Bill came in and solidified that by scoring very timely buckets. And once he realized that his three-point shot really wasn't falling, uh, Bill, he continues to be a maven when it comes to driving to the basket. I think that, that that's the biggest thing that I think that Bill has improved with his game is the fact that his ball handling skills have allowed him to be able to get to pretty much anywhere on the court and create his own shot. Now, where I do think that there is a flaw in Bill's game right now is that he he's not the best passer in the world. And so sometimes when you know he he he's a great ball handler when it comes to creating a shot for himself but i don't know if he's a great ball handler when it comes to creating shots for others at this point and this is where the team sorely misses you know a guy like john wall where you know that that's literally all he did was get out on the court not all he did but that was the best thing that john wall did he gets out on the court he dribbles and he literally spoon feeds his teammates for shots at the rim or wide open corner threes 
And Bill, he, he he's not at that level, but I think this is all a part of his growth and maturation as a player. You know, he had five turnovers uh, tonight, and I feel like a lot of his turnovers are of the live ball variety where he's dribbling and he either gets caught trying to make a pass and his, his dribble and passing coordination is not there yet, or flat out he just made bad passes and he threw the ball away. So, you know, while I do think that, you know, that this is something that he needs to improve. Uh, literally, the only way that he can get better at is by going out here and actually doing the act of coming out here, making these passes, making these plays. I was impressed by what Bill was able to do tonight. And I think that he showed uh, a lot as a leader of the team by galvanizing some of the younger players and letting them know that, you know, really the only way they're going to be able to compete in a lot of these games is by playing defense and by coming out and playing hard every night. Now, I feel like we I've spent a lot of time in this podcast and we haven't talked about uh, one of the major storylines of tonight's game was the fact that before the game, uh, we had a slight uh, Wizards Woj bomb where Woj tweeted out that Isaiah Thomas would be making his first start of the season for the Wizards. And so... Isaiah Thomas uh, being inserted into the starting lineup, I, I'm not sure if, if if it brought the requisite uh, jolt of energy offensively for the team, but I do think that it was a move that Scott Brooks should have made just because Ish Smith, while I, I do think that he's a very solid quality backup point guard, I just don't know if he's capable of being the starting point guard for a team who, you know, thinks that they want to compete and want to win basketball games right now. I think that it was best for just the flow of the team and with what Scott Brooks is trying to build here, that he inserted Isaiah Thomas into the starting lineup, which 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 kind of allows, it gives the team a little bit of jolt of energy, but it's more so the fact that Isaiah Thomas is a, is a proven veteran player. And, you know, he's a former two-time All-Star. So he, he's a guy who... You know, he can come in and he knows what to do as a starter. He's used to playing starters minutes and against other NBA starters. And I think that Ish Smith is a great backup point guard who excels at playing backup point guard minutes. I think that having Ish Smith be the floor general and leading the second unit, you know, that, that, that really bodes well for them. Whereas Isaiah Thomas would be looking for his shot. Ish Smith is not out there looking for his shot. He's out there trying to get everybody involved, and he gets the ball, and he's pushing the pace. I really like the fact that, you know, he can come up and he can get C.J. Miles some some open looks, or he can get Troy Brown some some looks, and he can run that pick-and-pop game with Bertans and uh, Mo Wagner. Now, I, I really I think that that move was a good move from Scott Brooks, and I have to give credit where credit is due uh, because I do think that, you know, Brooks is uh, one of my biggest uh, critiques of Brooks is the fact that he's really rigid with his lineups and he's not as willing to make changes as he sees fit as the flow of the game or the flow of the season is going along. But he saw early, he saw the same thing that I feel a lot of Wizards fans felt was that Isaiah Thomas just looks like the better basketball player right now over Ish Smith. And so it doesn't really matter about the salaries. It doesn't matter that Isaiah Thomas is on the veteran minimum and that Ish Smith signed a, a two-year, uh, $12 million deal. That's another story for another day, the fact that 
you know, if Smith is going to be on the books next year for $6 million. But I think that, you know, the Wizards should be very appreciative of the fact that, you know, they took a gamble on Isaiah Thomas and are giving him the opportunity that he desires right now. And, you know, it, it was it was very interesting to see Isaiah Thomas in the locker room after the game really talking about how grateful he is that the Wizards have given him this opportunity. You know, I think that he he, he directly said that, you know, the Wizards, they were one of the they, one of the only teams. They actually looked him in the eye and told him that they would give him an opportunity. And he sounded very appreciative of that. So, you know, I, I don't think that Isaiah Thomas is going to reach that level where he was a two-time All-Star and averaging nearly 30 points a game. But what he can do is be that Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, you know, scoring punch uh, for the for the Wizards team. And, you know, he doesn't have to come off the bench to do that either. He can he can play alongside Bradley Bill. And, you know, with, with, with Bradley Bill playing and he's playing great defense right now and, and Isaac Bonga is – is you know slowly learning, and Thomas Bryant looks to be much improved as a rim protector. I think that the, the, the this Wizards team is really coming together, and you know they don't know the expectations are low, the bar is really low, but the only thing that Wizards fans can ask for is that the team come out and they give a maximum effort, and you know just try to compete every night. And so they did that, and and they put themselves in a good position to win against the Detroit Pistons. I'm going to uh, sign off now. We'll, we'll get ready. We'll reconvene uh, on Wednesday as the Wizards take on the Indiana Pacers. And, you know, that, that that's another big uh, game for them. The, the, the Pacers will be their second Eastern Conference game of the year. And, you know, they're, they're still missing Oladipo and Miles Turner is has an ankle injury. So we have to take advantage of these moments right now where you're playing teams who are still trying to figure themselves out. But it'll be a big road test for the Wizards. And uh, we'll, we'll get back and uh, rejoin later and, and talk about that game after it's over. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.